Welcome to Fiercely Authentic. My name is Natalie Gifford, and I'm here to help you lean into your most authentic self. If you're looking to explore the hard things, navigate through your healing, and be empowered by knowing you are not alone, you have found the right place. I'm here to walk you through your healing and hard stuff with you, to encourage you to grow and expand outside your self-imposed limitations, and to realize that you are worth your very best. I want this podcast to be a safe place to explore our most precious relationship, the one that we have with ourselves. In doing so, allowing our outside connections to be strengthened and free ourselves to live our best lives. Welcome to Fiercely Authentic. Now let's jump into in today's episode. Hello, 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 everybody. I hope everybody is doing great. This is Natalie. I know it's been a long time since you've heard uh, my voice on a new episode, but here I am. I'm back. I mean, who hasn't been going through some stuff lately? Um, with the COVID shutting everybody down and making everybody stay inside and um, then the, the Black Lives Matter movement or, you know, at least the, the police brutality kind of either either going haywire or we're finally starting to see a lot more of them in front of our faces and we cannot deny that there is a problem. Um, and then, of course, Pizzagate. These are things that I want to discuss in today's episode. Uh, first off, let me catch you up with what's been going on in my life. Uh, my husband and I have purchased a house. We moved in in February and then the world shut down. So uh, there's that. Uh, we love our home. It's, you know, perfect for our little family size. Um, uh, I never stopped working, thank Jesus. My husband, he never stopped getting paid. He had to work from home for a few months, so he was going stir crazy. Uh, we had a few battles in our marriage that we had to work out. Basically, communication breakdown. We forgot how to talk to each other and how to fight appropriately. So we went to a few counseling sessions, tuned up our marriage. Things are going really good now. Um, you know, humans are not going to always get along. If you do, there is probably something going on in the relationship with that person, whether it's a wife or a husband or a friend or a family member that is not healthy. And luckily, both my husband and I are invested, <clears throat> excuse me, in growth and continuing to move our marriage and our family forward and learn from past mistakes that we've made and then also past mistakes that we've seen our parents maybe made in their marriages and stuff like that and we are trying to learn from that and bring the good lessons from that into our marriage and I really feel like we're in a good place now. Uh, basically the breakdown was is we were trying to speak our own personal love languages to each other and, and the other one wasn't receiving it. My husband's love language is quality time and physical touch, which, you know, every human has an aspect of all five love languages and can appreciate all five love languages, but we all have our own dominant. His is quality time and physical touch. Mine is uh, acts of service and words of affirmation. 
So when he would feel down about something or unwanted or uh, unloved, he would lash out with complaining and, um, you know, just, just those snide little rude comments, which triggered me because my love language is words of affirmation. So when I receive the opposite, it really hurts. Um, and I reacted in acts of service, trying to do for him, trying to fix it, trying to make everything better, which, you know, that was probably a little spurred on with my codependent issues that we've talked about before. Uh, but he wasn't receiving it. Not that he didn't truly appreciate that I was doing things for him. Um, and not that I didn't truly appreciate that he was trying to uh, love on me with physical touch and quality time. It's just not our primary love languages. So when we learned that and I started trying to speak to him in his language and he started trying to speak to me in my language, things have gotten much better. Thank you, Jesus. So let's recap and go back to the events that I mentioned before. First off, COVID. COVID-19. If you have not heard that term, where have you been the last six months of this year? Um, it feels like we have been on lockdown for forever. And everybody has a personal opinion on how things should work. Um, and how things uh, should should be handled. First off, I want to say that I do not envy people in um, leadership positions for our communities, um, doctors and nurses in hospitals. I, I, I do not envy you. I, 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 I don't. You are in a far worse position than I could ever imagine being in because no matter what decision you make or what policy you start you are going to be wrong that is just the fact of the matter um even you know going all the way down to schools reopening here recently no matter what the decision is uh, as that you make as a parent for your children or as a school leadership for the students that you are in charge of taking care of or that you are a teacher. No matter what decision you make, you are going to be wrong. And that's sad. That's hard. That's hard to deal with. Um, I don't know what the right answer is. I'm the first to admit, I don't know what we should and shouldn't do. Um, do I feel like the fear of this is being amplified because it's an election year? Yes. Do I know which party is amplifying it? No, because, um, I mean, you know, the Democrats could be amplifying it to try to get Trump out of office. Uh, Republicans could be amplifying it trying to um, do executive orders and initiating policies and stuff that the Democrats have been shutting down. I have no clue. I don't know where it's coming from, but I do feel that it is being weaponized. Is COVID-19 real? Yes, I truly believe that. Do we deal with more viruses that are even more deadly and have killed more people? Yes. Yes, we have. If you take the emotions out of it, if you take the political agendas out of it, if you take um, 
you know, Facebook out of it where everybody's allowed to, to express their opinions and its truth. We have been, we've been dealing with viruses since the dawn of time. If you're a Christian like me, we have been dealing with viruses trying to kill us since sin entered this world. It is a fact of human life. Viruses happen. People get sick and sadly people die. That is just truth. People have died from flu every year and I have not seen it amplified to this fashion in the 33 years I've been alive or at least I don't remember because there are a few years in the beginning that I don't remember um I, I but at the same time like I said I don't know what the right answer is I know what the right answer is for me and my family we have decided since the beginning to not live in fear we have refused to live in fear um, we have respected our leadership and followed policies. We've stayed home as much as we possibly could. Like I said, I haven't stopped working and I am not in a position where I can. So I've still gone to work. I've still gone grocery shopping for my family. I've, you know, we've still um, went and picked up dinners, takeout dinners and brought them home. We've, we've still done all that, but we have, you know, we have, we haven't had large gatherings. We haven't had, uh, we haven't gone to Theme parks, I guess you could say. I mean, we just went to a zoo, but they, you know, everybody was being nice to each other. I don't wear a mask for personal reasons. I don't, I don't feel like it's effective. I don't feel like it's a fix. Um, it has been required by businesses here lately before I could go in and utilize their services. So out of respect for that business's um, choice, I guess you could say, to follow what they are being told they have to follow or they have to shut down. Um, I have worn a mask inside businesses, but I don't wear a mask in my home. I don't wear a mask walking outside. I don't wear a mask at work because my job has not required it. Um, if I see a person wear a mask or if I see a, I mean, I still try to respect the six feet rule. I think I've always respected that because, I, I mean, that part I've been loving I do not like being touched and the fact that I can literally tell you six feet, stay out of my bubble and you will listen in most cases, excites me, makes me very happy. So I like that rule and I think I've always lived by that rule, but now it's just everybody's living by that rule and I feel like I will continue to do so. Um, and that's not a germaphobe thing. That's a, uh, probably a, a symptom of my CPTSD thing, um. But I've enjoyed that rule. Um, I am very thankful I do not have a child of school age because what parents are having to deal with right now is astronomically stressful. Astronomically stressful. You have working parents who, like most of us in America, are living paycheck to paycheck so they cannot miss work. But they're afraid to take their children to school. Their children are not old enough, in most cases, to stay home on their own. Um, or if they are old enough, they can't be trusted to do their schoolwork while mom's and dad is at home as at work and they're at home by themselves, which I get it. I was a teenager once too. I don't think I would do the work either unless somebody was standing over my shoulder. Um, uh, the, the leadership of our schools are still meeting via zoom, not actually in offices with each other. 
So it's too dangerous for our leadership to meet, but the, uh, we're, we're requiring our children to go back. That doesn't make sense to me. Um, a lot of families don't have the means to even think about doing virtual to, to keep their children out of all this craziness because they don't have internet access. They can't afford it. They're in an area that does not have it, whatever the situation may be or the case may be. So those have to go to school. And then you have the few where the families really didn't take care of their kids anyways. Um, you feel bad for them and you want them to go to school because that's probably the only meal they're going to eat. But if they're not taking care of their kids, who's to say they're not sending their kids to school sick? And all it's going to take is one teacher to get it and the whole school is going to have shut down because he or she has contacted the majority of those students and then they have turned around and contacted the rest of the students in, in the in this school and according to what we're being told how this virus works contact means contraction and that means we are spreading the virus throughout the whole school the school is going to have to shut down and those working parents living paycheck to paycheck are going to miss work hours so it's just for lack of a better sense fucking insanity right now and I'm frankly tired of it. And I don't even have to deal with it directly like these other parents do. So, because of all that insanity that's got everybody's mental health going out of whack. Everybody's anxiety going up. Um, not, to, you know, not to mention the nursing staff and doctors who I could not fathom the stress they're under right now. People are losing their shit. And... We're killing each other again. We are, well, again, I don't think we, I don't think we've ever stopped killing each other. That's just a part of human nature. That's just what we do. Um, but something has been shoved in front of our faces, uh, which I am, I'm glad of because people need to be aware of it. People need to be pissed off about it. And that's police brutality. Um, Especially on minorities, especially on African Americans. People, before I get into this, my feelings are rooted in the fact that we are only like two, maybe three generations removed from when we had slaves. Or at the very least, when things were segregated and uh, violence on black people was astronomical. You cannot tell me that the systems that were created during that time that we still follow, most policies and procedures that we still follow, most laws that have been enacted that we still follow and have not overturned that were created during that time frame are not racially biased still to this day. Do I feel all cops are racist? Hell no. I'm not stupid. Come on, people. Do I feel all white people are racist? No, gosh, I am not ignorant. But the problem is, is that this country was founded and created specifically for the white male to be free and to do what he pleases. Women were not considered during that. And, and black people were not considered during that. Black people were slaves. So we are still battling against that. And it got came to a point and was extremely heated and I don't care what your personal feelings is on George Floyd and his personal choices with his life. Do I agree with them? No. But do they warrant being murdered on 
on video in the middle of the freaking street by a police officer? No. When a grown man is subdued, has his hands in cuffs, and there are four of you, tell me why you had to continue to have your knee on the back of his neck for eight minutes to the point where he suffocated and died. Whether that was brought on because he was high or, or had health issues, I don't care. He was in handcuffs. He was subdued. There were four police officers. And yet, that one continued to have his knee on the back of his neck until George Floyd could not breathe anymore and he died. With spectators standing right there like he just didn't care. Didn't care. And this happens every day. So, people are losing their minds. And protests, peaceful protests. I've been a part of more pre peaceful protests than I've seen um, uh, non-peaceful protests like the riots and whatnot. Um, I'm not speaking towards the riots. Riots... Or, or a different breed. And just like uh, Martin Luther King says, the riots are the language of the unheard. It, and, and, I, and I truly believe that the riots started because of the passion and the aggravation of not being heard finally boiled over. Am I saying it's right? No. I would, I would not. I don't feel like I would walk to my neighbor's house and burn their house down. Because I was pissed off at my husband not hearing me. But when I listened to that grown man cry for his mama. And I'm a mother too. I wanted to knock all the shit over. So yeah, I can kind of understand. I can at least empathize with them. But I'm not speaking towards the riots. I'm speaking towards the peaceful protests across the world, people. There are still people in different countries kneeling for Black Lives Matter. And I, and I know there's going to be people out there who are like, don't kneel during the national anthem. Colin Kaepernick started off his protesting by sitting on the bench, which is far more disrespectful and actually written into the etiquette, the flag etiquette during the national anthem. And he was coached by, I believe, a Marine, but I know a veteran. I know some sort of mil military veteran coached him into kneeling. And the veteran's thought process was that when a fellow soldier dies and is being buried, most of their soldier brethren are going to kneel. And there's no verbiage in the flag etiquette about kneeling there's verbiage in the flag etiquette about spreading it across the field on its side which we do almost before every uh football game there's verbiage about wearing it like we do um on our clothes the old navy clothes that everybody loves to go wear um, go for 4th of July because it shows our patriotism, but it's against flag etiquette. But you're pissed off because a man decided to kneel, decided to exercise his right that these soldiers died for, that, that you are just so righteously frustrated about. And he peacefully protested and we martyred him 
And now look where we are. There's a lot that we could do better. Last but not least. Now, what conspiracy theorists have been talking about for years, something I have been following for years, has finally come to the forefront. And that is child sex trafficking, especially in Hollywood. I don't know if it was accurate or not, but the point it was trying to make, I seen a Facebook post the other day where they shared a map and it had dots all over it. And it was almost like in the trillions, it felt like. That's what it felt like. I don't, I don't remember the number because it triggered the shit out of me. And I just, had to, I just had, to, I had to log off. But it was talking about if we tracked numbers of children being abducted and forced into the sex trade like we do COVID, the maps would not be able to keep up with it. And it asked the question, how can we track COVID as accurately as we are being told we are. But we can't even find these children. Who are being abducted. And Hollywood. All the, the actors and actresses and entertainers who are so vocal about wearing your mask are silent. Things are being brought to the forefront about adrenochrome, or however you say it, adrenochrome. Anyways, where people bleed children after raping them, or chasing them and hunting them down like animals, and filling their blood with that adrenaline, fear adrenaline, and bleeding them and drinking their blood. You can believe that's a conspiracy all you want. But that is an actual satanic practice. If you've listened to my podcast before, I am I am a child sex victim. I was raped and molested by a man I called father. From my earliest memories until I put a gun in his face in my teens. When I put a gun in his face in my teens, he kicked me out of his house and claimed it was because I was dating a black boy. I was actually having sex with that black boy to try to make myself more disgusting because the man was also a racist. I'm not proud of the fact that I used another human being, but I was desperate and I was a child being raped and molested. And there are still children who are going through the same thing to this day. And, and more and more evidence is being shown that it is prevalent in Pedowood. We have cities and governments advocating to consider pedophilia as a sexual orientation. It is not a sexual orientation. 
children are not capable of having sex. They are not biologically built for it and their brains have not matured enough to handle physical interactions like that. So they are not having sex. They are being raped. And the media is silent. Entertainers who I've been tracking through what people considered conspiracies up until this year are now moving to countries with no extradition laws. Or namely Greece, where they consider pedophilia a disability, which equates to like if a if a uh, a person who has been diagnosed with a mental disability commits a crime, they are handled in a different fashion, or at least should be handled in a different fashion by the judicial system than somebody who has not been diagnosed with a mental uh, disability. So essentially, these people have moved to these countries to where they can continue their practices. And if they got caught, they will get let off with a slap on the wrist. You have the media shoving these policies for COVID and how to manage our lives and, and basically make us live like sheep. Blasting that kind of information. Uh, you have the right-wing media blasting Joe Biden, which don't even get me started about him. You have the left-wing media blasting Trump. Y'all know I'm not a fan of him. But we are not talking about Pizzagate. Pedogate, Pedowood, we are not talking about these sick individuals raping our children. Why? Why are we not talking about it? That's my question. We can talk about everything else. We, I, my Facebook feed is full of, of righteous keyboard warriors talking either for or against COVID practices, either for or against uh, Black Lives Matter, either for or against uh, Donald Trump, and, and, and even though he's been impeached, making him president again in 2020, this year. But only a few of us, mainly mothers, some fathers, are talking about our children. Why? Will I live to see the day that that question is answered? I have no clue. But the more and more crap that gets revealed concerning this makes me wish for that trumpet blast to happen right now. Because that is the only way I know my son will be safe. That is the only way I'm 100% sure my son will be safe. But I guarantee you, if that doesn't happen while I'm alive, if my child gets looked at in that fashion, I am burning this world to the ground. Where's everybody else's righteous anchor? 
why is save the children hashtag save the children being um, censored on Facebook? Yet there are Facebook groups about loving small boys that don't violate Facebook whatevers. So that's my question. And I want you to ask yourself that question. I want you to reevaluate a lot of the things that you're being fed in your day-to-day life. But I want to assure you with one last word. That in the end, no matter what happens on this green earth, every knee shall bow and every tongue will confess that the Lord Jesus Christ is King. So I leave you with this word. It's from Isaiah 35, verse 4. Say to those who have an anxious heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, with vengeance, with the recompense of God. He will come and save you. The good news that is trying to tell you is that God will show up when you need him and he will deliver you from your worries and he will avenge avenge our children not the perfect Christian I have scars I say bad words in fact I think I dropped a few in this episode and now here I'm talking about scripture But my heart belongs to Christ and Christ told me in his word that I am more than a conqueror and so are you. So hang in there, people. We're going to get through this. And remember that you are worth your very best. (laughs) 